Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Here, we dive into topics that reach far beyond the salon. I'm your host, Misty Jane. I'm a life and money coach for stylists who are obsessed with personal growth. I help you enhance your mindset around money, build a business that lights you up, and create a life of peace. Me and my guests are on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Wanna join me? then you're in the right place. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Sharon Huckle. She is the unstoppable stylist on Instagram, and we are gonna talk about the stylist fear of sales, right? I know that this is something that I have had to learn over the past 20 years because I hated feeling salesy. I hated... um, I hated feeling like I was being pushy, but at the end of the day, everything we do is sales. Like it is literally our job. We are there to sell ourselves. We are there to sell retail. We are there to sell our services. And at the end of the day, when we switch the thinking from salesy to educating or helping someone solve a problem, it can make a huge, huge difference in the way that you show up. So I'm really, really excited to share this conversation. Sharon was awesome to talk to. Um, She is a salon owner. She is a stylist. She is a business coach. She Honestly, she has a lot of different hats that she wears, which we'll talk a little bit about um, in this episode. So before I continue, I also wanted to remind you that my one-on-one coaching applications are open. Now, what is this exactly? So working with me one-on-one, we work together for six months, and we essentially get your financial shit together, but not in the way that you might be thinking. I wanted to share with you what one of my past clients um, DM'd me recently because this is what it is that I do. So this is from Joanne. She says, I just wanted to share a big win with you. I was able to manage my money so well last month that I was able to take a week off for Thanksgiving. It was the first time I have ever gone on a holiday stress-free because I paid my bills early and I was able to just enjoy life. Working with you was definitely the best decision I could have made to get my shit together. A lot of times when we talk about getting our financial shit together, 
We only think about the money. We only think about the amount in our bank account. Um, but what we forget is that the money, the relationship we have with it, what we do with it, how we control it, affects every aspect of our life. It affects how we show up in our business. It affects how we show up for our family. And it really, really affects how we show up for ourselves. So if you work for me with me for six months, I am going to get you to a place where money excites you, where you feel in control of it, where you can turn your money story into that dream life. And I know I say that all the time and I know that it's super, super cliche, but trust me when I say changing your money story can make all of those dreams that you have floating around in your head, putting on your vision board, writing in your journal, whatever it is, it can make those things happen and bring a different kind of security and a different kind of peace to your life. So if this is something that you are ready for, please, please, please click on the application link in the show notes um, and you can go ahead and we can hop on a call together and see if it's right for you. Let's make sure that your 2023 ends much differently than your 2022. So let's get started with the episode. I will introduce you now to Sharon Huckle, the unstoppable stylist. Um, please, please, please enjoy. And of course, if you like this episode, share it with a friend, write a review, all of the things. Appreciate you. Here we go. Hi, Sharon. How are you? I am great, Misty. How are you doing? I am so good. So you and I just chatted um, really for the first time. Gosh, was it last week, I guess? Yeah, but I've stalked you for a little while, so I can't <laughs> <listen to> you. <laughs> I feel like that's how things work these days, isn't it? Um, so, okay, Sharon, you are the unstoppable um, stylist on Instagram, and we'll get into a little bit about why you have that name later, but I want you to tell the listeners who you are and what you do. Yeah, so my name is Sharon Huckle, and I am the unstoppable stylist, but I'm lots of other things too. Um, I am a a multi-passionate, I always say business owner. I own several businesses and have for 25 years. Um, so I've kind of been there, done it all, um, and still am doing it. I still own a salon and I still own um, a boutique motel, which is sort of a newer venture for me because previous to that, we had restaurants and catering and food trucks and everything else like that for 25 years, my ex-partner and I. Um, so just went through a, a really big pivot when our marriage and business, uh, we uh, that broke down. So um, had to make some big, big changes in my life. And that's sort of how the Unstoppable Stylist came about was because there was a time where I just couldn't quit. I had to keep going and pull myself up out of a very dark place and um, make things happen. So I always laugh because I'm a, I'm a list maker. I love a good list. Um, but I had on the top of my sort of running to-do list on my phone, a quote from a Led Zeppelin song that said, crime won't help you and praying won't do you no good. And to that, I added, sometimes you just need to get shit done, right? Yes. So my kind of my mantra, it's like anytime I felt bad, I was just like, just get something done, Sharon. It makes you feel good. So I am a hyper productive person. And I know that sort of hustle doesn't work for everybody, but it works for me. And I kind of love my life. And uh, that's sort of what the unstoppable stylist is all about too. It's like how to have a thriving, profitable business, but also at the exact same time, style a life you love, right? So you have to have that blend. And that's, that's what I'm here for. I absolutely love that. I'm a big, big, like advocate for like light, like there's this 
idea that life and business are separate and they're really not, especially when you are the business or when, you know, you are the business owner, like they are not separate as much as we want to think that they are, they are absolutely not. They're the things that run our life. They're the things that, um, you know, um, enhance our lives. Like when we're not in the salon or in the hotel, I think it's so cool that you have all these businesses, but, (laughs) um, and I, I'm a big advocate for that. Like you have to like both. You know, do you feel like you like all of the things that you do, like genuinely like it? Oh, I'm so blessed because I am a people person. Like COVID was not good for me because I did not like being that lonely. And thankfully my kids still both live at home with me, but um, no, like even when a client would come and, you know, need some retail or whatever, I'm like, give me 20 minutes. Cause I need to talk to some people. <laughs> right. Right. Conversation. <laughs> yeah. 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 I miss that. And that is like, I am very much um, that person that the people around me give me my energy. If yeah. I actually spend too much time alone, um, not that I don't like enjoy my own company, but I'm like, I get bored. I get, you know, like antsy. I I just want people around me. I I'm a people person. So I love that. So my, especially as I was going through that really hard time, my salon was my happy place Mm. because, you know, having that act of having to get up every day, do your hair, put your makeup on and show up and take care of other people was so therapeutic to me. And I couldn't be Debbie Downer. I didn't want to be sad all the time. Like nobody was going to keep paying my prices if I was (laughs) miserable all the time. So I, you know, I ended up using humor a lot to just get me through the the shit. And um, that was good. Like we had some very funny conversations (laughs) in the salon, you know, and, uh, it, it was my, it was my therapy. And it was funny because sometimes people will be like, you know, and no shame against people who go to therapy at all. But people would ask me all the time, like, are you, you know, talking to somebody about this? Like, are you going to therapy? And I'd be like, oh my God, I need to shut up about it. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I talk about it way too much. So, you know, that was like, me getting things off my chest has never been an issue. So, Same. Yeah. That is why that actually, what you're saying is exactly why this podcast was born. I started it in 2020 because I was craving like connection and conversation. So I just started recording conversations I was having anyway with industry friends. And I'm like, you know, fuck it. Let's just like, let the world hear it. And, you know, and now it's like, I'm in, this is like the hundred and like 20 something episode. And it's like, I'm just like, this is great. (laughs) I know I'm only on like episode 16 or 17, something like that, but I love it too. It's just been so Mm -hmm. much fun, you know, making that like breaking the wall of just like stalking people on Instagram to actually like get, feel like like you're getting to know people which I love it I, I yep. actually I like that I get to get to know people on the back end and then the listeners get to know people because I love a vulnerable conversation love it like yeah. my listeners know this like that's the one thing about the podcast is like I just I want to open everyone up you know yeah. so it's like I want to open book so you can yeah like I want to get to know you and I want them to get to know you you know yeah. which I think is great so I want to switch gears a little bit because we do have a little bit of a topic that we want to start with that I struggled with for years, um, kind of actually, I got over it in the salon. And then now it's like a little bit of a struggle in other areas, being quote unquote salesy, right? Having the fear of like, not wanting to come across as like, the sleazy salesman when it comes to products, when it comes to ourselves, when it comes to our services, whatever. Let's talk about that a little bit. What do you see um, stylists or or any business owner for that matter struggling with when it comes to sales? 
a lot of it comes down to semantics and the the lens in which you look at it through um, and the motive behind it, right? So my big thing is sales is service and people like to buy things. I mean, there's you wouldn't hear about these billion dollar, trillion dollar industries if people didn't like to buy things. And I don't know, beauty has got to be up in the trillions. I don't know the numbers, but um, it's got to be in the trillions. So clearly people like spending money on beauty. And I think it's a privilege. I always say I have very privileged work, right? Because we are touching people. We are in their space. We see people like, you know, I've, I've been a hairdresser for 25 years and I've had my salon for 19 now, but I worked in this area for before that as well. So I've got the same clients. Like my client last night, he was in for, he's been coming to me before my kids were born. So 25 years. Yeah. And uh, even when I was pregnant with my, my um, youngest son, it was five and a half months before I opened my salon after leaving. Um, the other one, he didn't get a haircut for five and a half months. He is a five week guy, right? right? <laughs> Never. He just like, well, I just not going to anyone else. He doesn't have to explain yeah. what he wants. Like he just wants to sit down and you just do it. <laughs> I mean, that's a, it, it's when we are not realize that we are important people in important people in others' lives and that they value what we do and our expertise. They don't want to make those decisions about what they should use on their hair. And, you know, it's, it also helps to have some really good, um, conviction behind the products that you choose as well. And if you don't believe in them, then don't use those ones. Use something else. There's so many different products out there. And clients will question me a lot about which products. And I'm like, I know there's a million choices out there. I've chosen these two product lines because I've worked with them every day. I've used one I've used for 30 years. The other I've used for about six. And, uh, you know, and I, I like to offer some variety and I carry a ton of retail in my salon. Not everybody is comfortable with that, especially independent stylists. I am an independent stylist. I have a, a fairly large salon. At one time I had 14 staff here and I had a spa as well. Um, but I, I carry a ton of reason because I'm in the business of serving my clients through hair products, skincare products, you know, all of those things. And even though I no longer have a spa and I no longer, um, I just still do makeup, but I no longer do facials or anything like that because as an, I'm an esthetician as well, but, um, I still can serve my clients through those things because I like, I've got old skin now, right? Like <laughs> I'm trying to take care of it so I can recommend things as well. Oh God, sorry. Well, oh, there's a fear behind it, right? There's a fear that we're like reaching into our clients' pockets, that we're they're, we're going to force them to spend money that they don't have. And like all these things that are not true, that we essentially just like make up in our minds. Oh yeah. Like our minds are like, we are the masters of our own disaster. I always like to say, so like you can make up your mind either way. And uh, you know, on the internet, no matter what your opinion is, there's an opinion that backs it up, right? So no matter what you want to decide, you can find those, those supports. So I like to support people. I believe you can retire on retail. Um, I, you know, when you look at numbers, right, there's, there's certain benchmarks. I know 1% of the, the top stylists in the world are selling at about 20% of their total sales in retail. And so that's a good benchmark to get to. And um, it's not that actually that hard. Um, and, you know, especially if your total sales aren't that high, right, you can get that quickly. But as they grow, you feel like, oh, my God, it's going to be harder. But it's not. Once your clients trust you, um, they believe in what you say because you believe, right? That's the first step. You got to believe in what you're, what you're selling and why you're selling it. I just want to make, I'm pretty low maintenance myself, but I am also a product junkie because I feel like those products that I pick make my life faster, easier. You know, I get better results from them, all of that stuff. Right. And, you know, basically I always say these are solutions in a bottle. You yeah. got a problem, 
I got a solution, right? And I believe in the message in the bottle as well, because I've chosen like an environmentally friendly line. I've chosen, you know, you know, products that give back to the earth and to the people, right? All those things like, so I, that that's important to me. And I know it's important to my clients. Um, and I always say, I have so many lines. Like, I mean, God, if you heard me, my poor uh, assistant who works with me in the salon, she like must hear the same damn lines all the time, <laughs> but they become part of your vernacular, right? Part of your script when you start to use them all the time. So I always, you know, say people like people cheap out on shampoo and conditioner, but those are your foundation products, mm -hmm. right? They, they blow money on, you know, the styling product that sits on their shelf and they hardly ever use it, but they forget about the one product that they're using most often. That's the most important thing. And we see all the problems and we just have to open our mouths and address them, right? Like we see the buildup, we see them cranking up the heat on their flat irons. And I look at those, like I sell a lot of hot tools as well, um, because, you know, I want to educate people on how to properly use them. Mm -hmm. And I, I say things like 450 degrees is what I put chicken in the oven to make it brown yeah. and crispy. Like, you don't want to do that with your hair. Your hair is the silk blouse, not a pair of jeans. Don't iron it on the denim setting. What would happen to your blouse? You'd get holes in your blouse. And, you know, I firmly believe hair is a fabric. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a seamstress. I'm a seamstresses don't work with corduroy, just corduroy. They <laughs> work with lots of different fabrics. Like, you know, I got all these lines, but they, once you get comfortable with that and confident, um, then the sales actually come so easy. I always say, if you serve hard, sales are easy. Yes. I'm doing it for the good of them. And I don't have any problem stacking six products on the, the counter and saying, this is everything that I used on your hair today. Yeah. Um, you know, would you like to take any home? There's zero pressure. Um, we'll record it on your file. That way, if you come back in, you feel like you need something, you run out of something. We know what I've suggested because I have a lot of products and I have a lot of clients. It's hard to remember every little suggestion that I've made. But uh, we've got them here. And then I'll usually pick the one or two that I would start with or the one that I say that they really need. And um, then it's, then I walk away. Like it's no, I'm not married to the outcome. If they buy, super. If they don't buy, that's okay. They'll buy eventually. I know that they will. They all, yeah. they all do. <laughs> well, I think that was my shift. My shift is when it was like, no, you're not selling, you're educating. Because I think that because we're hairstylists, we, we think that they know what we know. You know, no. we think that they know, like my clients, some of my clients, they don't know. Like, well, what, what do you mean? It's a clarifying shampoo. Well, what do I need that for? Well, what, why is my blonde turning, turning orange? Well, the mineral in the water and blah, 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 you know? Oh, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, you know, in your toilet, like you have to clean it because it gets the orange stuff that goes in your hair. What? Like, they just don't know. And they'll never know if we don't educate them. So for me, that was the shift for me. It was like, oh, I'm not selling them something. I'm telling them this, like you said, the solution. And that was huge. Yeah. Cause I'm all about making people's lives pleasant, easy, yep. happy. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it can be as simple as that. It can be as simple as, Hey, I'm using this smoothing, you know, smooth again on you. It's going to do this, 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 and this set it on the, on the counter in front of them. That's it. I did learn about putting it in their hands here. Smell this, feel this. That yeah. was a big one too. I have a whole routine and I start talking about retail even before they come into the salon. Mm. Um, there's a, there's a process and I just, I'm planting seeds. That's all I'm doing. Right. And they'll, I'll reap and, you know, sow those later, but um, sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes people will buy everything I stacked up. Yeah. Other times it takes them a little while, but uh, you know, eventually they come back in. 
And um, so, you know, again, I'm not attached to that outcome. I know what I'm selling is good quality stuff. It works. It, I use it on my hair and skin. Um, I believe in it. And I'm intimidated. If I went to like Shoppers Drug Mart or whatever, like drugstore and looked at Oh my at God, Sephora stuff. is like, Sephora and Ulta, I walk yeah. in those places and I'm just like, there's so much going on. Like I immediately have to ask somebody a question. Like I, it's too much. Like, I don't know what I need. What kind of makeup? This is what I'm trying to do to my eyebrows. What, it, tell me what to buy. Like, I want them to do that. If they didn't do that, I'd be confused. hundred percent. And a confused mind always says no. Mm. Right. So if your client is saying no to you, you had just have not offered them enough information, right? They're, they're not seeing the value. And I have this, you know, philosophy. It's what, why, how, right? This is what I'm using on your hair today. This is why I'm using it based on the things you told me during your consultation, because I asked all the right questions early on. And uh, this is how you use it at home. What, mm. why, how, you know, and that that's it. It's as simple as that. This is what I'm using. This is why I'm using it. This is how you use it at home. Right. Yeah. And I, I just already assume the sale, you know, and I, I just assume that they're going to want this stuff because it's good stuff and it's going to make their lives easier. If someone took away all my products, I couldn't do the hair the way I do it. Oh, hundred percent. No, like, yeah, no. So, I mean, why would we expect our clients to go home without our wealth of knowledge and, and be able to, to get the results that they want? Another funny line that my ex-husband, who was a, a chef, um, he was quite sh uh, sharp-witted. He, um, well, we had a client come in and he works at Procter and Gamble, which makes Pantene and, and those products. And his wife did not like those products. She always wanted to buy mine, but he would grumble about how much he was spending, blah, blah, blah. And um, anyway, one day my husband was in the salon and uh, her husband was saying, oh, well, you know, we make the top, the number one selling shampoo in the world, blah, blah, blah. And my husband, he said, well, you know, McDonald's is the number one selling hamburger, but that doesn't mean it's the best. Yes. <laughs> I've used that analogy ever since because I thought it was brilliant because it's true just because what's you know cheap and and fast doesn't mean it's good. Mm -hmm. you only get you get you know two out of three it can be cheap it can be fast or it can be you know good right I have so, an entire podcast episode about that you can be yeah. you can be available affordable uh what was it available affordable and was it fast but you can't you have to pick two yeah yeah yep and that's okay. Right. And so that's, that's all about, you know, feeling confident in our worth and, and, and it's like anything sales. It's just a skill that you can acquire. We use, I used to do this thing in the leadership programs that I, that I ran and we would talk about, you know, who do you think of when you think of a real leader? Right. And, uh, you know, people would list off, like, so we'd have a list of people and then we're like, okay, so what are some attributes of a leader? What are some qualities? And we would list them all out. And then I would write a, a, an S or an A. So I'd ask them, is this a skill or is it an attitude? And mm. we would just go down. And I'm like, okay, anybody can be a leader because skills can be learned and attitudes can be adopted. Mm, yeah. So, you know, these are all just things. And you could do the exact same thing with who do you think of as a good salesperson? Sales skills can be learned and the, the confidence, the attitude can be adopted. Yeah. And, you know, if you have the knowledge and the confidence and the enthusiasm for your products, selling is going to be like a breeze. Yep. And I use, I always use the example is like when your client asks you what restaurant they should go to, right? Yeah. 
What do you do? You get excited. Oh, you got to go here, blah, blah, blah. They have this, they have that. You are excited about it. And what you don't realize is you are selling that thing to them right there. Yeah. Like Lululemon should pay me because I sell the shit out of their stuff. Like I, if somebody's like, I need good leggings. I'm like, oh my God, you got to get the aligns, blah, blah. Like I will go on. I will tell you what fabric to buy. I will tell you how much it costs. Like, you know, and it's just like, that is selling. And I never thought about it like that. I was like, well, I just love it. And I know that it's good. So I talk about it. That's how you sell your products. <laughs> all in sales with everything we do. You think when you're not, you're trying to convince your children to eat their vegetables, you're right. selling that them, you know, you are right. So if we just shift our mindset that we can, we are taking care of these people in every possible way. I always say selling them retail is serving them at the highest level. And isn't that what you want? So, yeah. and don't you want to be paid well? Like, shouldn't you be paid well for your knowledge, your expertise and, and everything else? And, and we've made an investment, you know, so, some clients even ask me like, you know, do they just give that product to you? Just, I'm like, no, that is money sitting it. on that shelf right there. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm quite bold with my retail and that I, it takes up a, a, a large space in my salon. And, and that's an investment that I've chosen to make because I know I can get it back. It tells, t- takes two minutes to sell a bottle of shampoo. It takes like 45 minutes to do a service or, you know, right. minimum service. Um, so, and the markup, again, on retail versus service is way higher. Right. So if you're just looking for good return on your investment, if you're committed to it, but you have to have those conversations about it. You can't just let it sit on your shelves. Right. Like, I know I don't sell. And it, it's funny. I know, I know I don't sell if I don't talk about it, but whenever I'm feeling like anxious about money for whatever reason, my sales, my retail sales suck. Yes. Because I don't want to come from a place of scarcity that I need that sale. Right. So then I tend to like stop having conversations about, it, and then I'll realize what I'm doing. Um, and I'm terrible. Sometimes I, I know what I've, and I've trained my um, assistant as well to watch for it, because sometimes if I haven't had enough conversations throughout the appointment about retail, um, and then I end up pulling that. So how are you for your shampoo and conditioner? <laughs> right. Right. And I'm like, I almost want to like give myself a SWAT. Right? Like, yes. <laughs> um, cause that doesn't work. <laughs> well, and that's exactly, this is like a perfect segue. Cause I was just going to ask you this. It's a, it's a, it's it's our own money blocks that are stopping us from being able to sell product or our services or anything for that matter. Because again, we're putting like our, on ourselves, our money blocks onto our clients, right? Like, like maybe like, I, I don't love buying products myself personally. I love what they do. I use them, but I mean, I've always gotten them at cost. Like, you know, it's just, so yeah. like in my mind, I'm like, well, if I don't really want to buy products. They don't really want to buy products, which is not true. I don't know how many times, especially when I stopped doing hair for 10 months, I thought this was really interesting. When I came back, some of the complaints were, well, they didn't tell me what to use on my hair. Yeah. So they literally complained that they weren't being sold to yeah. or educated, I should say. Yeah. But, and I have heard that so many times of like, well, I would have stayed with her, but like, she wasn't really telling me what like face wash I should use or, you know what I mean? And I'm like, interesting. Cause we're over here worried that we're going to like force you quote unquote to buy something when in actuality they want that information and they want to leave with something. I put like little tissue paper in my little bags when they buy something, they feel like I've given them a present, yeah. but they paid for it. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> No, I just, I mean, I, if you build it in, if you organically build it in, but with intention 
to every part of your service. So prior to them coming into the salon, so whether that's on your, your social media, your website, your you know consultation forms, all that stuff, if you kind of already build it in, right, then they're already getting, okay, yeah, this is part of the routine, right? And even mm-hmm. if it's consciously, then when they walk into your salon, they see that the retail is, you know, well-presented, it's available for them. Um, it's not hidden in a cupboard behind a glass shelf, whatever, like it's there. Um, then you, you know, you're, you're in your consultation, you're talking about it at the shampoo basin, you're talking about it or in the treatment room, you're talking about it and not to be shoving it down their throat, but it's a, at this point, it's just a lot of questions, right? But it's leading them and not in a devious way, but it's finding out what they need from you. Again, that solution in a bottle or in a hot tool, Um, you know, these are liquid tools and hot tools, right, is how I look at it. And um, then, you know, you're, you know, wanting to, they're spending big bucks on color. Well, I don't want my color to wash out like it's the next day or two days later, whatever. I want the things that are going to preserve that. I spent that money. Why wouldn't it's like, you know, there's so many different things you can compare it to, but like, if you've got a car, bought a car or your dream car, would you not pay for the service to keep it up and the, you know, the gas to keep it running and the oil change and all of course you would, you want those things. And would you not clean the seats after you slopped your, you know, coffee on them? Yes, of course, because you love your car and people love their hair. Like think of the attachment people right. have to their hair. And that those are all the other lines I have and feel free to steal all these. But <laughs> I say like, if you gain 20 pounds, your hair's not going to fit you or you're sorry, you're, those cute jeans aren't going to fit you anymore, but your hair still will. Right. <laughs> you know, and if you, you know, if, if someone is dro- uh, like describing you from across the street, they can pick out your hair color your hair length I mean it's if you committed a crime that's probably one of the first things they're going things to they're going for yeah <laughs> that's why they criminals are the wear the wigs you know so you know that makes a huge difference and I had clients even as they went through breast cancer um say things like I was actually more scared of losing my hair than losing a breast mm, yeah like, yep that's huge right yeah. So um, why would we not think that this, this idea of selling to these people, this service of sales is not like a hundred percent what people need. And that whole idea of, you know, putting your like hands in their pockets and deciding what people will spend their money on, get rid of that because people blow money on all kinds of crazy stuff. And what's a priority to one person is not a priority to somebody else. And even somebody, if you judge somebody think, oh, they don't have the money to afford my prices or whatever. Some people, maybe they rent an apartment, but they save money to spend on their hair. Maybe owning a home isn't their priority or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. that doesn't matter. I've got clients from all walks of life and I don't, I don't base my prices on that. I don't judge how they're going to spend their money when I offer them the retail. And again, I have no commitment or no attachment to the outcome. When I put those products out there or on my shelves that they have to buy them. Right. You know? I'm not like, I'm not going to do your service if you don't buy the, the products I recommend. No, because if they know, like, like, and trust me and value my expertise, which I know all my clients do, um, they'll buy the stuff that I, I suggest. Maybe not all the time, every appointment, but you know, I don't buy yeah. something every time I go out, right? Like, right. I mean, what do you feel about the argument of online? You know, everyone is, oh, well, I'm not going to sell retail anymore because they can just get it on Amazon or, or, you know, they can just, they'd rat, they want the convenience of ordering online. Where, where, where do you, how are you feeling about this conversation that's happening? 
I believe in multiple streams of income. So I, I think do both. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Have that's available. Yeah. Have some available on your shelves and you can yeah. also direct people to your online shop if that's what they're more comfortable. Right. I love that. I right now. So since I'm only behind the chair one day a week, I have. So when I was in the suite full time, I had, I, I love Kevin Murphy. So I'm a Kevin Murphy stylist, color, everything. Um, and I had, I loved my, my product shelves. First of all, I just think Kevin Murphy's gorgeous on, on a yeah. wall. <laughs> um, and then now that I'm once one day a week, I do, I have the, my affiliate link. And then I have like, like my bedroom hair and I have my maxi wash, like the two things that I'm very like, no, you need this today. And then everything else, I will help that. I will pull it up for them. I will send them the link of exactly what it is we talked about. So all they have to do is press one button and buy it and it's at their house the next day. Yeah. And it is great. And it it's a little bit of both, you know? So I, I love that because I think you can do both. I think you can have the convenience because some people do want to walk into a store and buy something. hundred percent. You like it. Again, Altas and Sephora's would not exist if that wasn't the case. Right. <laughs> like... No. And again, like you, you just have to figure out the math. Like, I mean, the path is math. And as much as I don't like math, I know you do, but um, it's not my favorite subject. Um, but I, I understand like this, there's data over drama, you know, when it comes to certain things in business. And if you, if you want to be an independent stylist, you want to own your own business, you have to come to grips with, you're going to have to deal with numbers. You're going to have to Deal, you know, be in sales, you're going to have to do content marketing. You're going to like, yes, when you signed up to be a business owner, you signed up to provide all of these different aspects. And, and it, is it easy? No. Is it worth it? I hope it will be for you. If you do it right, it can be extremely lucrative. Yes. You know? and, and I don't know if you, you want to share numbers, but I, I live in a small town and I work four days a week. Um, but I, I mean, I, on my own, I bring in over $200,000 a year in sales. And, um, you know, it's totally possible. Like I live oh, in a town. hundred percent. Yeah. Of, uh, you know, what is it? 50,000 people. Like it's not a big community. It's not a wealthy community. Um, but you know, I've, I've established my value here and, uh, yeah. Like, and I've had like clients again that have come for 25 years and I did yeah. not start out charging $115 for a haircut. I charged, you know, 40 or something. I don't know what it was when I started all that time ago, but that's a very, that, very good point. That was expensive back then. So yeah. paid. And have I lost people along the way? Yes. But do some of them come back like years later? Yes. Because people's situation changes, right? Yep. So Unless you, and you lose one out of five clients through no fault of your own, right? That's they move, they die, their sister starts doing hair, you know, whatever, um, or their budget changes, which is a, yeah. a lot of it. But I never, again, I don't judge. I always welcome everybody back. I like, I'm happy, happy to see them. If I run into them at the grocery store, I'm not like hiding. I'm like, Hey, how's it going? You know, like, because yep. Like, I know I don't always go out to the same restaurants all the time, or, you know, I can't afford it for whatever reason, you know, my furnace broke or something. I got to tighten the purse strings a little bit, but it doesn't mean that I am not still somehow wanting that, those things. Right. So I don't, I don't judge people and that I don't, I don't spend their money for them. Um, I just want to provide good service all the yeah. time. You know, I love that. Yeah. That's my, it's that's my aim. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And it's so true. And it's really about not taking things like as per, like, I think we have a, and I used to do it 
when I was a young stylist, I would take things personal if somebody left me or whatever. And, you know, our ego comes into play and well, they left me because of me when no, maybe they didn't, maybe they lost their job. Maybe your schedule doesn't work for them anymore. Maybe that, you know, there's a million different reasons. And I think that I agree with you so much about like, see them out. Hey, how are you? I won't even bring up their hair, you know, but it's funny because they'll hide from you. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know how many people are probably like, Hey, and they'll like run the other way. They're like embarrassed. And I'm like, it's fine. But I think that that's because they've had stylists in the past that have shamed them for leaving them or whatever. And I just don't think that that's okay. I think we need to realize that, you know, our business is our business and it's not going to work for everyone at different times. And just like you said, people are going to come back. I had somebody recently, um, she went to someone else for a little while and she, I, she started booking again and she walked in with a candle in her hand and was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, it's okay. Like, welcome back. Come on over. Let's chat. Like it's, yeah. you know, it's not, it's perfectly wow. fine. If we don't own our clients or anything mm-hmm. like that, they have free will. And I like that. Um, but no, I'm just, I just love on people. And that's, that's just the way I am. Like even my, my ex-husband, right. I mean, uh, we had a, 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 a wonderful love, big love, but also very volatile. He was a, you know, mental health and addiction issues. And I loved him dearly, still do still talk to him. I have a million reasons to be angry with him and I just can't be bothered because mm-hmm. I, I just want to focus on the love and the thing, I guess our marriage and our business partnership had to end for the good of the, the whole family. Um, but I don't wish him ill, you know, at all. Like I, yeah. I care about him deeply. And it's the same with all of my clients, anybody who enters my world. Um, even if it doesn't work out, if we don't jive hundred percent, that's okay. Right. Yep. You, you, know, you know, I just, I mean, I had to go through the experience of online dating and truthfully, I mean, I learned more about myself during that process than I did, you know, anybody else. Um, but yeah, just, you know, what you were looking for. And it was so funny the other day. I, we, my, my new partner and I were, we were flipping the mattress in my bedroom. Right. And so we were kind of wrestling it and he sort of pulled out this piece of lined paper that was in there. Uh Oh, well, and I, but neither of us looked at it at the time, cause we were kind of jostling this big mattress. And, uh, then when I looked at it later, it was a list, me and my list, but I didn't even remember writing it. And, but I must've read something on Instagram or Pinterest about <laughs> between the, the last guy and this guy. Right. And I wrote down like, and I didn't number it or date it, but I wrote down, it ended up being 33 things that I was looking for in a man. Oh, that's right? interesting. I shoved it between my mattress, which, which I'm not inclined to do, but it must've suggested some manifesting thing. And yeah. <laughs> it was the funniest thing, but we went through it. And he had 31 out of 33 of those qualities. Oh, I love and he that. Had a few that I, you know, I hadn't even thought of. And the, the only two that he missed was one I had written six foot ish and he's a little shorter than that, which is fine because I'm only five, three. And then he, oh, I wanted him to live like closer to me and he lives like an hour and a half from me, but that's worked out fine. So not, neither of them are deal breakers, but it's so funny when you, when you do put some intention and have some goals, right. And really think about why you're doing things and what's important to you. And if you really operate from a, a strong value system, um, then it, things start to unfold and really, you know, come together for you. And the exact same thing goes, and that's why you, the life and the business, they're so intertwined. I mean, my kids have always grown up in business. We opened our first restaurant um, in January of 1999. And then I found out I was pregnant in March and literally we had to shut the restaurant down the day I went into labor and I'd worked all that day, 
um, and was kind of bitchy to my husband. I can't keep working like this. I'm nine months pregnant. And then my water broke later that night, but, uh, and he was a couple of weeks early. So I wasn't quite ready for him, but um, they just, I mean, I would wear him at the restaurant as we were serving. So they've always grown up into that. We had an ice cream shop. They both worked there. They've always done catering with us. He's my oldest is renovating right now. Um, so they've just, they've grown up in that. My youngest helps me in the salon. They just help with everything. So I don't feel like my kids are missing out on anything. They're learning so many valuable skills, right? Um, they see the hard times. They see the good times. They see the the love that we pour in. They see, you know, they see it all, which is great. And it was the same when our relationship was breaking down. I didn't hide any. I couldn't hide any of it from my kids, right? They were hundred percent involved in all of it, which, you know, sucked sometimes, but you know, if they ever tried to make me feel guilty about it, I'm like, I taught you resiliency. You are welcome. Right. <laughs> Well, you said, you said something a second ago about, um, like when, you know, kind of know what you want and then like, you know, kind of aligns. there are so many people out there that just do not know what they want. Yeah. And I, and I think I've been in that place before. I'm sure you've been in that place before where, you know, you just, you, you think you want something, you don't necessarily know why you want it or, you know, and then it doesn't, obviously it's probably not going to happen, but it surprises you what you, what you end up wanting. Right. Well, my question would be for you is how would you tell somebody to figure out how to figure, how to figure out what they want? How would I tell someone? Well, you just got to think about it, right? You got to really consider it and how, and the impact that it's going to have. Right. And you just right. got to try things. Like, again, I'm an action taker, you know, action takers are money makers and, um, and money is one of those things. Like people have so many weird feelings around money, but, and, you know, my next podcast actually is going to be about, um, episode I'm recording it about our relationship with money Mm -hmm. and money. It's the money itself is not, is nothing really. I mean, really now we don't even like have the cash in our hands hardly ever. Um, it's nothing. It's the, it's the value we put behind it. Right. And the importance of it. And I like people like to pretend money's not important, but like it ranks right up there with oxygen. We need it. to. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely important. Yeah. So, you know, consider that, but it's what, what money allows you to do, right. And how it allows you to feel, but those are still personal choices that we, we make, we get up every morning. And, you know, when I had a lot of things going wrong in my life, when my marriage was breaking down and my mom was sick with cancer, Tim's dad was sick with cancer and died. My oldest son needed six surgeries. We had a bad business dealing with the, the hall that we were, you know, renting. And then we had, um, the government was kind of shutting down our, you know, ice cream business. Like it was just like a million things were going wrong all at once. And people would say to me, like, don't you get depressed? And I'm like, oh God, I tried that once. And I did not like it (laughs) (laughs) because like, you know, that I chose happiness, right? I chose happiness and I choose it every single day. And anytime I don't like I'm starting to feel sorry for myself or whatever. I just roll through my list of things to be grateful for. And by the time I get to like three out of 3000, I'm like, okay, I feel pretty good. <laughs> right? Yeah. So you can turn that around, you know, that you have the power to do that. And I found like, you know, as I got better at that, cause that was a skill that I could master. I was getting ready to say, it's definitely something that takes practice. Yeah. You, but just keep practicing it. It's like yeah, doing I, foils, right? Like in the beginning, you're slow and clumsy and you like, they slip and you get bleeding. Blah, blah. But after like, you know, doing it 10,000 times, right. Um, you, you get real good you get real fast. Right. And yeah, I talk about that a lot. Cause I, you know, I think that, I think there's this misconception that when you start like growing and learning and like building confidence in yourself that like, Oh, you know, that happy life that you're going to be happy all the time. And like, 
nothing bad is going to happen. And it's like, no, 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 like life is still going to happen, but you're going to learn how to realize that they're happening for you, not to you. And you're going to have your own ways to like come out of it and, and figure out how to navigate it from there. So it's like, it's not what it, there's a quote that I love. It's not about being happy all the time. It's about finding peace, even when things aren't going your way. And it's like, that has been so huge for me because I did, I think for a long time, I was like, well, happiness is all the time. And when you're, you know, that when everything's perfect, then that's the happy. And it's like, no, that's not a gratitude journal is something I started um, this year. So it's been a couple weeks now. And every morning I start my day with three things that I'm grateful for. And I try to be very, very specific and very like niche down with them. Um, and some mornings I really have to think about it because, you know, you just wake up on the wrong side of the bed or maybe something's going on. And but it has helped. I have woken up in a good mood every day since I started doing it. Even if I didn't wake up in a good mood, if that makes sense. Like yeah. I'll be like, oh, roll over. And then I'll be like, oh, wow. Okay. Let's start the day. And it it is amazing when we stop thinking about all of the negative things and actually start focusing on all of the good things that the negative things really aren't so negative anymore, you know, and no, I think it's been a game changer. They give too much value to it, right? So they they say, oh, I'm having a bad day. It's like, are you having a bad day or are you just having like a bad moment in the yes. day? <laughs> like, yeah, 24 hours to sort that out, right? So, right. And, and then sometimes like even, and I trained myself too, if when I was getting anxious about stuff, I'm like, Sharon, nothing bad is actually happening to you right now. So mm-hmm. why are you freaking out? Nothing bad's happening, yep. nothing's crashing. And even the moment, like there was a moment where it was March 27th, my birthday. Yeah. 2020. (laughs) I was convinced I was going to have to declare bankruptcy. I had reached out to the bankruptcy trustee that was during like the the shutdowns of COVID. It was before the government was offering any money to business owners. And um, I was self-employed. And at that point, I just ended my marriage. I was struggling. I was in the middle of renovations. Um, I was already like hanging on by my fingernails. And I I thought, okay, that's it. I'm going to lose everything I've worked so hard for in 25 years. I'm going to lose that my childhood home, the the house that I grew up in. I got married in the backyard. I had both my children in that house. Um, <clears throat> I gave birth to them in that house. And, uh, but I had, uh, that was it. I was, that was it. I was going to lose it. And um, then, you know, I didn't. Right. I just, <laughs> I, I talked to the bankruptcy trustee and he's like, Sharon, whatever you do. And then I knew this guy from high school and he's like, whatever you do, try not to go bankrupt. Right. Try mm-hmm. to pull it together some way, somehow maybe sell this bit. So he gave me some solutions. So just in talking to that person, um, who had more expertise in that arena than I did by trusting what he said, and then getting into action and figuring it out, I ended up, you know, paying my house off two, two years later, you know, the house that I thought it was going to be gone, like just gone. Um, I paid it off. Right. And, uh, and opened a whole new business and started another whole business. Like I found it in me through the help of others. Um, but also having to just like, you know, put on my big girl panties and get the job done. Um, so that was my coping mechanism was just putting one foot in front of the other and doing things right. And for others, it might be rest for others. It might be, you know, therapy for others. It might be meditation, yoga, you know, punching bag, you know, at the boxing club, whatever, but just figure it out. And I am one of those believers because I spend a lot of time on, on social media and I see lots of opinions within our industry. And, you know, one day you'll see one thing and the next day or the next, you know, 
part in your feed, you'll see the, the contrasting opinion. Mm -hmm. But I'm a big believer in that all of these things work. Mm -hmm. It's just you got to find how it fits into your, your life, your business. So there's lots of great advice out there, but you still have to, you know, view it through the lens of your own eyes, your own experience, um, your own intuition, all of that, that stuff. And, you know, that's where a good coach will just help you The coach isn't supposed to tell you what to do or a good therapist. is not supposed to tell you what your you know life is going to look like. You are the, the creator and you're allowed to be a masterpiece and a work in progress all at the same time but you just got to figure it out and some things are going to work and some things aren't and that's okay. Right. But you're not going to, it's like Michael Jordan. I'm not a sports buff at all. But, <laughs> you, know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. Don't take. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people think, oh, wow, it's, you know, it's amazing. You own all these businesses and buildings and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And half the time I don't even think about it. Right. Cause I'm just, this is my life. This is what I've been doing for so long. And once in a while, I think, cause just even recently I was on a call with a bunch of other business owners in, in multiple industries. Um, but I mentioned something about how I've had my salon now for, it'll be 19 years in April and next year I'll be, I'll be celebrating 2020 and I'm doing a big rebrand and a renovation and everything. And uh, they're like, wow, you've had a business like, and I was like, oh yeah, I, I mean, I guess that is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Kept it going, but it, I just don't think about it on the daily because right. although I, I am grateful, like I'll even, I'm silly sometimes, but I'll be like, good night salon. I love you. <laughs> and I am again, very, um, demonstrative in my affection. And, um, if you know, the love languages, like physical yep. touch, one of my top ones, right. And words of affirmation is another, but mm -hmm. you know, I, I speak my truth and I speak it out there. And in my family, um, you don't leave without hugging and kissing every single person. You don't like every text back and forth with my sisters or, you know, my parents, I love you, love you, yep. love you. Like, so, I mean, I don't live my life with any regrets, even my horrible, messy end to my marriage wasn't even the day he left, I, I hugged him and kissed him and we cried, right? Like, right. so those are choices that you can make. Um, I just choose peace, I guess, is, is what you say. Yeah. Even in, even in that volatility, because trust me, there was, there was a lot of volatility, you know, yeah. please, you know. One of the things that helped me and, and, and some people don't agree with me on this, but I'm a, I'm a list, I'm a planner. I like lists. I like, I have lists of the lists that I'm going to make. Like I'm very similar to you in that aspect. And I like to have a plan yeah. and something that I like to do. And I help some of my clients do this as well is a lot of people say, well, don't think about the worst case scenario. I'm like, well, but I do it. Cause I mean, I'm a human. So what I do is I will be like, all right, this is what I'm worried about. This is the worst case scenario. If this happens, what is my plan? And I will lay out a plan of how I would deal if the worst case scenario happened, which when you do that, you're going to realize one, it's probably not going to happen. Two, if it did, you legit know what you would do to get out of it. And then all of a sudden, the worst case scenario doesn't seem that bad anymore. No, I had a client who gave me very similar advice and this will even shorten your, your curve there. But um, he said, oh, you know, and he was a, a, a very successful business owner too. And a, an older man, he's got grandkids and stuff. But he said, uh, oh, sometimes when I get stressed about life, I just look at all the worst case scenarios and think I can live with that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Like he didn't even have to formulate the whole plan. He's like, I can live with that. Yeah, exa exactly. <laughs> and it's so true if you really... <laughs> yep. Because, because sometimes the worst case scenario happens. I mean, really COVID I think was a, was a like 
manifestation of a worst case scenario, right? Like in my mind, well, I never thought that my job would stop. Like I, we've all, my husband and I have always planned if, if he lost his job or something like, but in my mind, I'll always be able to work. Like I can all, you know, so whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But even then I figure something out, like, I don't know, that was never in my mind. That was never (laughs) something that was going to happen, of course. But, um, but you know, and then when it does happen, you're just kind of like, oh shit. But guess what? We all still got through it. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I I mean, don't get me wrong. There might be a lot of tears. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I mean, I've, I've shed my tears. I mean, still do you're human. Right. Um, but like COVID ended up being not a bad thing in the end for me. Right. Like it gave us some time. Yeah. It gave us some time. Like, yes, it changed my money situation, but it also changed it in a lot of ways for the good, because, um, at that time the government was issuing loans lower interest loans than I've ever, because I was always in high risk businesses with the, the restaurants, especially. Um, so our, we, we had to borrow money at a high premium. And then, so they were offering low interest loans. They were not really checking your credit score and not, I didn't have a bad credit score because I always paid my bills, but I had a terrible at that moment, income to debt ratio. I had a lot of debt Oh yeah, um, and I had no income. So that didn't add up in the, the normalized of the bank. I would never have gotten a bank loan, but so I ended up getting a lot of money, which helped me um, with the renovations that I was doing on the motel. And now I've ch- turned that money into a cash generating business mm-hmm. that, you know, has, so I've, I've, you know, I've equaled everything out, right? So the, you have to always look for the opportunity within the difficulty. Mm-hmm. You know, some years, there's some moments, there's more difficulty than opportunity. Other moments, there's more opportunity than difficulty, but the mix is the same. They're always both in there. So if you can train yourself um, and, and work on that skill of noticing the opportunities within the difficult, because there's always an opportunity out there. The world is abundant, right? So yeah. if you, if you tell yourself, I don't do scarcity, like, and sometimes, you know, you fall back into that, but I just stop myself. And I just, that's a simple line. I remind myself, I don't do scarcity. Like, do you always been okay? Do you feel and this the, I, I need to just make this like a question every episode because I feel like I've asked everyone this recently, but do you feel that you can be a successful business owner without personal growth and accountability? No way. I, <laughs> I live for personal growth. I am a thousand times invested in accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no. If you're green, you're growing. If you're not, you rot. I don't want to rot. Like, I, I love your lines. I feel like you need to make like a little, one of those like coffee table books with just like oh, hairstylist yeah. like lines. In it. Yeah. Oh, I got so many like, nobody likes change like a hairdresser. You can't be in the business of promoting change if you're not willing to embrace it. Change yes. is cool. Like it's how you look at things. Change your lens. Um, you know, and it was so funny because like on this, we're going to give you some juicy gossip here, but the first guy I dated out of the gate after my husband, you know, been faithful to a man for 25 years. Well, he ended up giving me something I did not want. Right. So the oh, gift no. that, whatever. And like, I could have let that devastate me. Like, and I'd think I'm like, nobody's ever going to love me again, but because I have such a big mouth about it. Right. He gave me, peace. but, um, Anyway, and then it was so funny because what happened after that, because I have such a big mouth about it, I would talk about it in the salon and so many of my clients, like they'd be in their seventies and they'd be like, Oh, don't worry about it. I got that back in the sixties. and nobody's <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> still married. I've, you know, I had this, they're like, welcome to the sisterhood, join the club, you know, like, so you start to realize it's not really a big deal. Like half the population has it. So right. 
and even the, so the next guy that I started to see, like, I knew I had to tell him when we were getting to that situation. And, you know, he was totally cool about it. She was like, well, I wouldn't break up with you for having a cold sore. Even my dad gets cold sores. So. Right. Okay. So, you know, by normalizing it and not being shamed by it or embarrassed by it, um, it's no big deal. And so now I laugh about, I drop the H bomb everywhere I go. Right? Yeah. So. I love that though. I, that's why I like to be here. I'm like, yes. I'm an open book because you can't, one, you can't use anything against me because I already know, like I'm a self-reflector, like a motherfucker. Like somebody says something to me and I'm just like, yeah, you're right. Like, and they'll be real hesitant to say it, you know? And I'm like, just say it, say it exactly. Well, I'm trying to figure out how to say it. No, no, no. Say it how it's in your mind. Just say it, you know? And then I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, we don't have shame. We're just humans, right? So things happen. And, but my, ch- my child, my wise child, who was only like, oh, 17 at the time, I think he said to me, sometimes mom, when you look at the world through rose colored glasses, the red flags just look like flags. Oh, that's funny. That is so and I was funny. Like, yeah, that's but a I, good point. Yeah. But I choose, I don't care. Right. I just, I just go boldly and, you know, blather my way through everything. And most of the time it's worked out okay for me. Yeah. And uh, I've got a lot of people who have my back. Um, so I don't, I don't stress about stuff too much. And when I do, I realize like, it doesn't, it doesn't do a whole lot of good to stress. You need a little stress in your life anyway, to make things happen. But I, I don't, I don't let it keep me up at night too much. I mean, I have enough trouble sleeping, but I just get up and I do stuff, right? Like I get up and I work on the computer. It's the funniest thing actually with my assistant. Here. We will find stuff that I have done in the night. It's kind of like that list, right? That I completely forgot about. Don't remember writing it at all. Um, but we'll find work that I've done in the middle of the night. And she's like, oh, look, you've already done all this. And I'm like, yeah. aren't I brilliant? Right. <laughs> That's just a habit of mine that I I don't, I don't need that much sleep. Actually, I like I'm hyper. My dad is very much the same. It's a genetic thing. But, uh, you know, that's not I don't need to sleep to cope. And actually, I find that a little bit counterproductive for me sometimes. Um, Right. I need to get in action. So again, you just got to figure out what works for you. What works for me is not necessarily going to be so, you know, I, I give advice, I guess, sometimes, but it's not you have to take everything with a grain of salt and you have to view it through your own lens. But I do encourage people to view things through a more positive light, right? Cause you know, life can, life can get you down, but you don't have to let it keep you down. Right. Yep. And, and it can be as simple as instead of looking at what, if it doesn't work as looking at what, if it does work, that was that was kind of the first step in in the thinking more positive for me. Cause in my mind, I'm like, Oh no, be positive all the time, blah, blah. And it was like, when I heard it that way and I was like, okay, like, cause I'm always, I was always focusing on, well, what if it doesn't work out? Well, what if this doesn't work? Blah, blah. And I never really thought about, well, what if it does? Yeah. Or if I did think about what if it does, I would think, well, if it does, oh my God, like, oh my God, what if I, my, uh, I blow up on Instagram and there's 10,000 people on my page and, and trolls are constantly in my comments. And, and it's like, why am I, I don't, I'm, I'm still at three, 3,000, like what, what, chill. Like you're, you're worrying about something that's not even a thing yet. No. And you're making up stories that isn't even a thing. So you're stopping yourself from even taking the first step. And at this point in my life, now that I've been doing this for a while, it's like, no, no, no. One step at a time, stop thinking 27 steps ahead. I don't know what's up there. And I, I don't know if I'm even ready for it. So like yeah. one step at a time, get used to it. Next step, get used to it. Next step. And then you're finally going to find yourself up there on that 27th step. And you're going to be ready, prepared, 
and everything is going to be great. Maybe because every level has a new devil and you, you don't know what's coming up. So I don't, I don't worry about it. I'm like, that's a problem for future Sharon to worry about. Not today, Sharon. So right. I just put it aside and, you know, I just keep going about my, my day. And most of the time I'm pretty happy. And that's, that's a skill that you need to practice as well. Right. You, you mm-hmm. have, you can choose happy, even, even when things are shitty and, you know, like I don't, I don't even look, I don't care about being prepared for everything. I mean, I always say life favors to prepare, but I mean, you just can't be prepared for mm-hmm. everything. So quit, quit giving yourself these high standards that, you know, aren't necessary at all. Yep. <laughs> like, and I had a, I had a reel that kind of blew up for me and it went viral. Um, but I was, I was saying in it like, dear optimist and pessimist, while you were arguing whether the glass was half full or half empty, I drank it. Love yeah. being a tunist, right? And, you know, some people made some negative comments about it. And I'm like, look, I, I did a, a future reel to sort of answer to it. But I'm like, look, I'm a 49-year-old woman who's experienced some real raw life experiences. So nothing you can say to me is actually going to be worse than what I've already said to myself. Okay. Yes. In yes. my own private conversations in my head. So, you know, thank you for helping to boost me in the algorithm by offering. Right. But I got this. I am. Yeah, but no, thank you. No matter what. Right. Like, I think it's funny. Like, I mean, I just laugh at those things. Like, yeah, like, it's hilarious. And I've had like, I had a bad review on my um, Google one day. And then when I read when I really read it, I was like, she's not even talking about my salon. She's reviewed the wrong salon. Right. Because I hear that happening a lot lately, actually. Yeah. The the information was like, well, no, that never happened. She's not on my, my, uh, online booking system. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, (laughs) oops, maybe you, (laughs) sorry about your luck, but yeah. Anyway. All right, Sharon, before we end this, I have one more question that I ask all of my guests. What does a cash confident, being a cash confident stylist mean to you? Being a cash confident stylist means that you are in charge of your finances. You are in control of your finances and money again, is just energy. It will come and go. So you have to attach the energy that you want to see come out of it. So if you want abundance, if you want, um, you know, action and goals and, you know, seeing those things, then you're in charge of putting that stuff into place. Like, what are you saying yes to today? That means you're saying no to something more important in your future. And money is just, it's a tool. It's, you know, it's how you design your freedom is not 40 years down the road. It's right this minute. And you can, you're in charge. You can do the things that need to be done to make money. Money is just like a skill that needs to be learned like everything else. It's a language, it's a skill. And there's plenty of information out there on how to become more confident in your cash flow system. So take it on yourself, take hundred percent responsibility and learn some new stuff and make it fun. Numbers can be sexy. Numbers mm-hmm. can be fun. Even for people like me who do not like math, mm-hmm. right? You can yep. run million dollar businesses. Um, and still not like math. Yeah. And when you learn how to manage it, right? So yes. that's I it. love Just that. Fun with it. Like have fun with way more things than you are currently having fun yeah. with. <laughs> you know? I love that. Sharon, tell everyone where they can find you, all the things, the podcast, your Instagram, if you have a website, all the things. All the things. So most things are the Unstoppable Stylist, right? So it's the Unstoppable Stylist podcast. I'm at the Unstoppable Stylist on Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest. 
um, and Twitter and you know, LinkedIn, all those things. Um, and I do have some great resources on my website, theunstoppablestylist.com, some free rep, uh, resources that you can grab. And I do have strategy calls and one-on-one -on -one coaching, as well as a bunch of other programs coming up down the pipe. This year is going to be an incredible year for the Unstoppable Stylist and all the people that I love to serve through my sales. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I'm in the business of serving and then the sales, the sales just come naturally after that. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on here, being open, honest, talking about all the things. It's my jam. I love it. Um, yeah, welcome. Your pleasure to talk to you. I hope we can meet each other one day in real life. Absolutely. Um, I know when you said you were five, three, I was like, oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I meet people in person, I'm always like, wow, they're way taller than I thought they were going to be. Yeah. I'm just little, just little, like mighty. I got a little pepper in my salt there. So I, uh, us little people have a tendency to be quite fiery. <laughs> I am fire. That is for sure. I am a fire sign. So yeah. And I just like, cause I'm Aries, right? So I'm just Me ramming, too. ramming my way through life. Yeah. Cause you're March 27th. I'm March 29th. So yeah. Yep. So yeah. And I just, I love meeting new people. And I just, again, I make it all a fun, all an adventure and yeah, just look for the opportunities out there, guys. There's so many, like you'll be blown away. You'll, like it's almost like a fire hose of opportunity out there all the time. You just gotta, gotta be open to it. So I thank you it. again. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. We'll talk to you soon. Once again, thank you for listening to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners more than you know. If you like what you hear, please screenshot this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and the podcast at Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. You can even take it a step further and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Talk with you on the next one. <laughs>